Coming in at number four is Understanding the Spiritual Gifts by Sam Storms. This is a good book. I think uh, as I perused it for this review, I probably appreciated it more than when I was reading it at the time. It's encouraging to see academically minded men who are sober in their thoughts, taking the gifts of the spirit seriously, both in practice and in kind of academic exposition. Although I understand this is written at a popular level, it is a serious uh, walkthrough in, in these issues. And I think more work can be done. There is a kind of unexplainable atmosphere that Reformed Baptists have that is interestingly, in my opinion, not very supernatural. So Sam Storms is this kind of enigma of being Reformed Baptist and and charismatic, whereas I think kind of more Catholic-minded Christians are definitely more open to the supernatural and the mysterious. And so, of course, isn't it like God to use a Reformed Baptist to, you know, speak to these issues which are supernatural and mysterious? So I'm just going to share a few passages from the book, Teachers and Prophets. Here's an example of Dr. Storms just giving us a very helpful, simple distinction between prophets and teachers. Prophets may prophesy at will, but they only receive revelation by the initiative of God. Thus, more so than with the gift of teaching, prophets are somewhat passive, being instruments or conduits for the revelatory word of God, whereas teachers are more active, drawing directly from the scriptures and expounding what they interpret. This is, in fact, the primary distinction between the prophetic gift and the teaching gift. The former is dependent on a spontaneous revelation, while the latter is dependent on an inscripturated text. Disparity in potency. Some cessationist critics will point to a disparity in the miraculous of the apostolic era and the era that we live in. Whether or not this is true, Storms quotes Andrew Wilson, who grants the point, and he gives a very common sense, remarkably reasonable rebuttal as to why this is not a sufficient reason to deny the continuation of all the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, the apostles were more successful at healing than we are. There is indeed a discrepancy between our experience and what's described in the New Testament. But the apostles were also more successful at evangelism and church planting and leadership and cross-cultural mission and church discipline and teaching and standing firm under persecution and handling disappointment. Yet in none of these cases do we conclude that the gulf is so wide, their success so much greater than ours, that to write a book telling people how to share the gospel or teach or lead more effectively is to encourage people to be satisfied with sub-biblical Christianity. Rather, we acknowledge disparity and seek to learn from it. What did they do? What can we learn? What are we missing? Which contemporaries of ours is God using in this area at the moment? What can we learn from them? And so on. This is also the most charismatic response, in the best sense of that word. It is the response that places the strongest possible emphasis on charisma, on gift, some people's healing and prophetic gifts, like some people's evangelistic and leadership and pastoral gifts, are more developed than others. I see fewer people healed than my friend Simon Holly, who sees fewer people healed than Heidi Baker, who sees fewer people healed than Peter, who saw fewer people healed than Jesus. When I preach the gospel, fewer people come to faith than when my friend Adrian Holloway does, who sees fewer people come to faith than when Billy Graham did. My teaching gift isn't John Piper's, and his isn't John Calvin's, and his isn't Paul's. Gifts vary. As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. 
So was there a discrepancy between the quality, quantity, and immediacy of New Testament miracles and ours? Yes. Does that mean the miraculous gifts are not for today? No. Unless teaching is not for today either, that is. In which case, you probably shouldn't be reading this in the first place. The evidence from church history. Storms has an excellent chapter dedicated to kind of cataloging the charismatic gifts throughout history. He focuses extensively on the early fathers, but he does go over the medieval era and then the uh, Reformation era as well. One example, in the early stages of Augustine's ministry, he espoused some form of cessationism, but later in his ministry, Storms draws our attention to his writings in the City of God, where Augustine carefully documents no fewer than 70 instances of divine healing in his own diocese over a two-year period. After describing numerous miracles and even resurrections from the dead, Augustine says, what am I to do? I am so pressed by the promise of finishing this work that I cannot record all the miracles I know. And doubtless several of our adherents, when they read what I have narrated, will regret that I have omitted so many, which they, as well as I, certainly know. Even now I beg these persons to excuse me and to consider how long it would take me to relate all those miracles, which the necessity of finishing the work I have undertaken and forces me to omit. Very good book by Sam Storms. I hope to see more academics endeavoring to take up the continuationist mantle. Solidly recommend. <laughs>